this is Wicked Spursy. Wicked Spursy, Mike, Steve, and Dave. Everybody's on time this time. Mike, how you doing? I'm pretty good, boys. Uh, sitting here in beautiful Lake Bomazine, uh, my buddy's new uh, double A frame uh, lake house. Uh, it's it's pretty uh, it's pretty amazing. I had a great week, great weekend. Uh, got to watch Spurs, um, and now I'm enjoying the the beautiful views and uh, the actually pretty temperate weather here on the lake i mean it's nice and breezy um i know it's where you guys are it's probably hot af um but it's yeah it's beautiful here uh, i got some fishing in uh, i did catch a couple of fish uh i caught two little tiny two little tiny smallmouth, and then i had the third one on and uh i got so excited about the fucking thing uh it was probably a three pound bass i got so excited about the fucking thing when i went to i knelt down to bring it in i i uh let go of my pole and he and i he jumped off the the hook so i mean no photographic evidence it doesn't happen it didn't happen so does not uh, exist by any means it's a, yeah, it's Mike, a, it's I, a not real fish i don't know where it is how it is for steve but i'm just looking at the old weather bug app at the moment uh at my house it is 91 degrees and 90 percent or 91 percent humidity so it got the double double in play very uh very awkwardly uncomfortable let's just you know i sat around the pool i did yeah i know and i sat around the pool the past couple days uh at my parents house at my uh mother-in-law's house and uh it was it was super super hot i didn't my mother-in-law doesn't have uh air conditioning in her house at all nor does she have any fucking fans so sleeping was not great last night but uh i can tell you that tonight uh I'm, i'm in this uh this is beyond this is beyond what I ever thought it would be. Um, this place is outrageous. Uh, there's definite there's definitely uh, nice temperate weather inside. For those of you who can't see Mike, and I don't know if anybody will understand this, but Mike is in full fishing mode right now. He's got his uh, he's <laughs> alternated caps. Uh, he had he had a sweet fisherman's cap. Now he's rocking. I think it's a Columbia fishing uh, gear hat. Oh, no, it totally his... is. it's a it's a it's a performance fishing gear hat. I love there it. you go. He's got, he's got, Mike, this is a shot from when we were kids. You got your Bill Dance uh, blue blocker fishing uh, shades on, I want to say, right? <laughs> no, no, no. These are, these are, no, these are, these are Nikes. These are Nikes in their prescription because I can't see without them. Dave, All right. <laughs> I will say one of my favorite things is to look up the Bill Dance bloopers on YouTube because those are absolutely <laughs> hilarious. Oh, they're fantastic. Anyone who doesn't know what on earth we're talking about, just look it up. It is, it's worth a... It's worth a watch. That was my childhood watching that with my dad. That and wrestling. That's what we. That's what we watched together. There you have it. Probably, hey, Steve, probably I, like AWA wrestling with the Von Erichs, right? Oh, <laughs> the Von Erichs were fantastic. Poor Gary couldn't believe it. Well, all of them had a rough go of it when it was all said and done. Um, Steve, how you doing, man? What have you been up to? Uh, you know, melting mostly. Um, you know, weather. It's not quite as humid here. It's only sixty-six percent, uh, mm. but we are still pushing ninety-two uh, ninety-two degrees Fahrenheit. Um, you know, in case any of our European listeners are, you know, wondering how we're not all boiled alive at this point, this is Fahrenheit we're talking about. Um, 
But holy shit, this weekend has just been absolutely brutal in terms of weather. I mean, we tried to go to a birthday party for my buddy's kid, four years old now. We could barely make it an hour before it was just time to pack up and go. And he provided drinks too. Like I, there were adult beverages for me to partake in free of charge. And that wasn't even enough to keep me there. It was just that miserable out. What little shade there was just didn't make up for the absolutely disgusting humidity, clothes sticking to your body. You just feel like you're breathing through like a, a hose or something. It's Man, I cannot wait for a nice Vermont autumn to start rolling in soon. That's going to feel so good in comparison. And then watch, you know, once we're in the, uh, you know, the thick of winter, I'll be complaining that it's far too cold. And <laughs> up a little bit. Precisely, you will. Absolutely. At least I can call myself out on it. <laughs> I can say I'm going to be here probably ice fishing at that point. So I'll be doing <laughs> another podcast from here. Nice. Hey, Mike, I know you want to do a uh, give some props. You got you got a buddy who uh, has a new place to open up. You want to you want to go ahead and do that? Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, I was going to I was going to wait, but uh, th- let's do this. Uh, yeah. So my buddy, uh, I, I uh, uh, some of you know, him, uh, the rest of you will know uh, I'm an x-ray tech. Um, so at the uh, uh, when I went to x-ray school, I uh, my class was uh, not typically um medical field um heavy female uh we had out of the 15 of us 11 of us were of were were males and uh we were all of the same age group so at the time it was like early to mid 20s um we all had a great time we had a lot of a lot of laughs always um drank a lot of beer um but there was one dude who sat up in the in the left hand corner uh, and always kind of minding his own business, uh, kind of quiet guy, always got good grades, you know, everybody was always jealous because he was always the best in the class, you know, with the, with the grades. Um, turns out um, my wife lives in Pulteney, Vermont, or my wife's from Pulteney, Vermont. So um, we went to visit my mother-in-law and, uh, you know, sit by the pool, have some drinks and watch kids swim. Well, what happens is, uh, my mother-in-law says, oh, there's a new brewery that opened up in Fairhaven. And I said, oh, okay, cool. So I had to go to Fairhaven anyway. Um, and uh, so we decided to stop in the brewery. We go into the brewery and there's this guy who sat up in the left, upper left-hand corner of my classroom 20 years ago. And uh, he owns the brewery. Didn't know that. It's called Scotch Hill Brewery. Uh, has some... Um, they, they call that area Scotch Hill in Fairhaven. Um, and it's got some historical, the place they're in has some historical significance, but it's been a, it's been a pub there since the, since the mid 1800s. Um, it burned down sometime uh, in the late 1800s and then was rebuilt in the early 1900s. And when they went and actually, uh, when they bought the place to put their brewery in there, um, there were a bunch of squatters in there. There hadn't been anybody in there in 50 years almost. So there were squatters in there and uh, which are, you know, homeless people living in there. Um, they had a pretty bad rodent problem and all that, you know, the whole thing that happens. And uh, they, it took them three years to clean up, three years to clean it up through. And they had to put a whole new boiler in a whole new HVAC system. But what they were able to do was restore the original bar and the original 
um, back bar. So the back bar is like all this beautiful old wood from the early 1900s with the mirror and everything. And I'll, I'll put those pictures on our uh, Facebook and our Twitter, but um, just absolutely beautiful. He's done a great job. The main thing is that his beer, which I thought was going to be, I had a thought that I was going to be kind of a little shitty, you know, just being <laughs> an upstart kind of group up, but this guy quit his job to do this. Like he, him and his wife quit their jobs to do this. I uh, went there, had a couple of their beers, phenomenal. They did a, um, they did a white, um, a white coffee stout. Uh, they call it Betty white. Uh, <laughs> just outrageously good. Um, they did a West coast IPA. That was good. And they, of course, their flagship is a Scotch ale. Um, good, nice malty ale, drinkable. Um, I wouldn't say drinkable on a 95 fucking degree day, but um, I really applaud. I, I really applaud John and his wife and uh, what they've done and how they've stuck it out over the past four years um, when they were ready to go originally, and and you know, got shut down by COVID, got shut down by their boiler system, their HVAC system. Uh, the rodent infestation, all that shit that they had to take care of, you know, every little, th- every little hurdle they had to jump. I, I applaud John and his wife and uh, Scotch Hill Brewery. If you happen to be in the Vermont area vacationing uh, in Southern Vermont, check it out. All right. There you have it. Thanks, Mike. It's Thanks for doing that. Now. Sorry. For the day. Absolutely. Absolutely. Anything else we want to uh, talk about before we get into the weekend's football? Anybody else? You guys got anything on your mind? Just Spurs. Let's talk Spurs then. Steve, why don't you get us started? Yeah. What do you want to talk about? What do so you see? This is great. Go uh, ahead, Steve. Welcome to the Premier League season, boys. This, uh, what a statement game. I mean, there's there's a lot of excitement going around this weekend, not just on the Spurs side of things, but it coming into, you know, that first Friday fixture, it felt like every single fan base was pumped. They were ready to go. They were, you know, hyping themselves up. It was such a, a, a interesting environment. It's like that that brief period of time before everybody's hopes are collectively dashed, and then there's infighting and bickering amongst fans and um, a lot of trash talk going on. And you know, having played the what joint third game of the uh, of the week. You know, I got to watch the Woolwich game on Friday. And, you know, that was kind of, eh. Watched Liverpool right beforehand. Again, just another meh game. Um, And fuck, man, Spurs just showed up. You know, even though they conceded first uh, off of a a pretty solid James Ward-Prowse strike, they did not look uncomfortable at all. Like there were no signs of past Spurs where maybe they would get in their heads and capitulate a little more, give, you know, a little more up in some sort of, uh, you know, reckless attempt to try to get back into it. They were measured, they were composed, they stuck to the plan and it worked out incredibly well for them. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I wasn't picking Sessignon and Dyer to be our first two goals of the season. Um, <laughs> Why not? I, I just don't know what to expect with Conte Ball at this point. Uh, you know, and and 
without even looking too much at the match, I, I uh, am just thinking about that Sun quote from the post-match where he was saying, you know, it's a good thing that there's goals coming from all over the team. You know, it's not just Sun, it's not just Kane. And he's spot on, man. Like, we got a 4-1 victory without Kane, without Sun, um, really doing a whole heck of a lot throughout the whole game, right? Like, uh, there was a one point in the first half where the, the commentators, I think it was after Dyer's goal, where they were mentioning, you know, if I'm Southampton, I'd be afraid because Kane and Sun haven't even turned up yet. Turns out we didn't need them to turn up because... Conte has got this team. Everybody is capable of being dangerous. Decky, man, holy shit. This kid is just turning it up. Ever since he joined us in January, all he wants to do is perform. I have nothing but praise for him. I mean, even when he makes a couple of little mistakes in the game, it's never the same mistake twice, right? He always recognizes, shit, I made a mistake. Not going to do that again. Learns from them. Um, and that goal is just absolute peak decky, right? Just that nice left-footed curler, absolutely no chance for anybody to get on that. I it was such a dominant performance. And and again, I want to go back to to mentioning Woolwich, to mentioning Liverpool. Of those four teams that played in the prior two games, none of them looked like they had that level of fitness. Like we're looking at a team in Spurs that at the beginning of the season are showing a midseason form, both in terms of how they're playing and their fitness levels. And it still looks like they could kick it up a gear. That's the scary thing. And if if I'm watching that game as any other team in the league right now, I, I might be a little nervous. Like th- this, you know, I, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves. It's one game, but you know, if if we can get consistent performances out of this team, which is not something we've seen in the past shit like we're gonna be pretty fucking competitive um this is a, a a sign of great things to come and yet you know it's southampton but at the same time i i don't think we can take any premier league game for granted um you know especially after southampton bossed us last year um so great statement win great performance and shit there's still more to come from this team which is just that much better you know, Steve, I uh, I asked in our um, chat yesterday, and you guys didn't respond, so maybe you just didn't see it. But I was curious when uh, Hasenhuttle um, changed from like trucker cap Ralph to uh, Mumford and Son Ralph. Did you guys catch that with his his attire shift? Any, anything to that? You Class, know anything? Just classing it up, you know. Just classing it up, absolutely. He's big time Premier League manager now. Mike, what'd you see? What do you think? What's good? You know, as usual, Steve took all my the, my hot takes. Uh, I left you the crucial Romero talking point. (laughs) I wasn't going to talk about Romero. I mean, do we need to talk about Romero? Because can can we just talk about that tackle? Because that was just peak Romero. Oh, absolute bullshit. Yeah, it was. (laughs) So, you know, I mean, you know, we, we all, we all discuss Romero and we know that like, he's like a, he's like the walking red card, right? That's what, that's, that's what the, the, the the docking point is around Romero. So he's a walking red card. Um, this guy though, like he he puts in the most risky tackles I've ever seen. But he's the reason he's so good is because every single tackle is well thought out. 
Like he knows he's going to do that shit well before he does it. And then you're like, when it happens, you're like, Oh fuck, what is he doing? What is he doing? What is he doing? But he knew what he was going to do. And he's just so good at getting on the ball before he actually makes a fucking crazy, stupid foul. Right. Um, you know, there were people who were sitting there like, you know, that was probably a yellow. You could have argued a red. He got you could have argued a red. He got neither. Not no, a yellow, I mean, you could have argued a red on Sessions too. You could have argued a red on Sessions too. Like, but he kept his spikes down. He just went into his ankle real hard. You know, uh, so what I saw out of that game was like, uh, outside of like, dude, how solid is Decky? Like, like this dude was the jewel in the rough that, you know, we coming in, nobody really knew a lot about. I did, I did my YouTube scouting, you know, when I was, when, when I was seeing the ITK coming in, I did of my YouTube we're scouting. professionals. That's about it. Right. We knew that they were professional. We knew that him and Benton Kerr were professionals. And let me talk about Benton Kerr too, because that guy was so solid in the midfield. Um, I think everybody had super solid performances. Decky gets a, gets an 8.5 for me. Um, I can't really, he might've even gone higher. Like I can't really see anything that happened. That was, that was outrageous from him that I was like, what the hell? Um, other than the fact that maybe we started a little slow Spurs started a little slow as we always do. Um, but honestly, like looking at guys who are putting in performances, like, um, like Sessegnon working his ass off um, Emerson going down there, uh, even on that goal, you know, sliding through the box to try and to trying to trying to block a cross, you know, it didn't end up working because Hoyberg lost his man um it, and wasn't paying attention to to ward prowse who's sitting there on the edge of the box um emerson emerson had some you know some blunders in the beginning and he worked his way back into like a little bit of form um you know i just think that overall it was a wonderful performance but i gotta tell you dude the guy that we keep talking about that we need to replace keeps putting in solid solid fucking performances and that's big daddy ben davies just out there number 33 wearing that number 33 just killing it killing it i mean this and and the great thing that i saw out of this was like we were expecting an onslaught of of three just world-class world-class forwards right just constantly Boom, boom, pressure, pressure, pressure. And it wasn't happening, right? But what was happening is two of those three, which everybody everybody knows we're going to be out in front of the ball and we're going to be making crazy runs into the box. We're going to be making pinpoint passes through the, through the box and through the midfield. Those guys, Harry Kane and Son, were not there. But I think I honestly believe right now that this was this was a a Conte tactic from, from second one, which was get your defensive players forward, drop, drop back your front three and have them become facilitators. That way you don't need to have that attacking midfielder. You can have somebody like a Hoiberg and Bentinker. This is stuff we didn't see from last year. You saw Cessna constantly getting forward. You saw Davies getting forward. You you didn't you saw Romero. Romero does whatever the fuck he wants anyway because he's Romero. 
True. But you saw Emerson getting for it. But you know what you also saw out of Emerson was you saw Emerson getting back and playing defense. So you see all of these defensive players getting forward and these forwards backing off because they know can, they can also be facilitators because Sona and Kane are just amazing, amazing passing threats that once those defensive players get into the box, anything can happen. What's the other thing? Set pieces, right? Set pieces. I think they ran the same set piece play, uh, the corner corner kick play four or five times in a row. Dudes and dudes like it, it looked like it looked like a uh, like a like a junior high basketball inbound play, right? Dudes setting picks for each other and dudes like running around and behind and coming forward and you know a couple of times Sonny couldn't get the ball you know past the near post, whatever, but like. That those type of plays can work from short corners. They can work from they can work from long crossing corners, and you know Dyer's Dyer's header was fucking world class. Was was that the first time he scored in three years? They said, yeah, something like that. Yeah, it's fucking outrageous. And the other thing is that like the only thing the only other thing that I'm gonna say right here that pissed me the fuck off was that these announcers made it seem like. Southampton was constantly threatening Spurs. They were not. They were not. After that first uh, JWP goal, which I think I still think Spurs could have should have gone after him, but after that first goal by him, I thought, I thought, okay, that just happened. But Spurs are going to control most of the ball, and they did. They did. There's there's a lot of metrics that will show that Spurs. Uh, controlled that entire fucking game and and uh the, the xg's got to be out of this fucking world i haven't looked at it yet um i usually do by now but i haven't uh, this team this team i don't know like steve said i know it's southampton but come on like every other team outside of man city's got to be going oh fuck look at what we have to run up against we have a team that can switch tactics and they didn't even put in any of their new dudes until like the 70th 80th minute Wait till Basuma. Wait till per- Perisic actually might be just a super sub. Given what we saw from Sessignon, who looked in mid-season form or late-season form, Sess looked great. You know, Mike, can I comment really quickly on that? I I saw, and I think Steve in our chat, you you mentioned it, like people online talking about how Perisic needs to be starting, Sessignon shouldn't shouldn't be starting, and to me that. That's that small minded club mentality, right? Like that's suggesting still that there's an 11 that are the best guys and the rest of the guys are scrubs that you put in if you have to. And, and if people haven't figured out that's not the type of team Conte is trying to build, they're just not paying attention, right? Like the point is to have quality on the pitch and on, on the bench. And to me, it's exciting what you just described with the way Sessignon put out, um, you know, two goals, one of, them, one of them he was offside, but put two in. Um, Paris, which did come on, he was fantastic. And you know what? I love having both those guys be fantastic. I'll take that eight days, eight days of the week. It also just on the Kane and Son thing, like maybe this is just the way I see things, but I feel like I know Kane had a good preseason, but as I've said to you guys before, it's preseason. Um, I feel like Kane always starts slow, and Kane was there yesterday, he was doing things, he was making things happen, he was moving the ball, he wasn't scoring. But but he was present. But I feel like Kane's always starts slow, and I feel like 
Sun also starts slow unless Kane's not around. If we go back to a year ago opening match, you know, Man City, Sun had a Sun had a solid match because Kane wasn't there. And, you know, we, we've you know seen that for see, a couple of years. You know go what ahead. I did see Kane do? You know what I did see Kane do? He tried to do that little uh that little back shoulder header pass thing that he did uh in the in this oh, I can't remember what game that was that, that Sun yeah. scored on. He tried oh, to do that a couple of times it. during the game. Yeah. Like I, I just think it, I don't think it was the fact that like Son and Kane weren't weren't Son and Kane. I think it was a tactic. I honestly believe that that Conte set this up as a tactic to get the defensive players forward. And I maybe I'm just giving him too much credit for being a fucking football genius, but I think he is. I think he is. And you know, Hasenhut also. For at least the first game, snappy dresser. He's like Scott Parker territory, except you know he's wearing he's wearing the, the skinny pants, you know the high skinny pants with the white socks and the and the in the. Uh, I'll I'll say this for Dave because he loves uh, proper terminology. Trainers. Um, <laughs> he looked good, man. Like the three piece with the with the vest and everything. He looked good. He's a handsome dude. Not good enough. Not a good enough coach, but he's a handsome dude. You know. I- both of you have said things that I, I, I absolutely need to comment on. And I'm going to start with Dave because it's more recent in my mind. Um, you know, speaking about just the, the 11 guys out there, um, did you see Conte's post-match comments? Somebody had asked him, you know, why didn't you start any new yeah. signings? Yep. And his, his, you know, response was essentially like, these are the guys that closed out my season that got us Champions League. He said, that, I trust them. I trust them. Yeah, that was what he said. They they put the work in. They did the job in the, the off season. It's not these guys that are coming in aren't there to replace the starting 11. They're to challenge them. Right. It's, you know, one of these guys has a bad game. All right. You lost your spot. Your turn to shine. You know, you got to take the chances as they come to you. Um, but the fact that he, he backed the guys that got us into the champions league, I think that speaks a lot about Conte as a coach and a man manager, right? He's not replacing the guys that, that did all the heavy lifting to get to the point we are at, uh, to start this season. He showed trust in them and they repaid that trust. You know, plain and simple. Um, and then Mike, your comments, you know, it, it just, there were a couple of things you said that got me thinking, right? So the, the set pieces in particular, can either of you guys think about a season in the past where following maybe a, a not so great whipped ball in from a corner Spurs were first to the loose ball? <laughs> no, that's right. A, it's a great but Dyer's goal was, you know, he picked up the ball that was loose and then was able to send it right back in again. Dude, that was not an easy header. no, not, at, not all. at all. But that brings me to my final point that I want to make. Hold and, on though, Steve, that, before you go to that point though, I, that is something I noticed as well. It feels like those, those set piece design plays have the attempt on goal in mind, but then also have the rebound in mind, right? Like it's yeah. almost like yeah. basketball and thinking about rebounding and how to position. It seems like guys are put in place. Decky is a great example. Decky does this little S shaped, you know, run in from, from the corner. And the point is he positions himself for a deflection or, or a return to come back out to him, pop it in. Well, you know, you know, what else, you know what else Decky does? That's, that's fantastic. Is that, um, you know, and, and I'm gonna, God, I keep doing it, but I, I, 
my son does the same type of thing that I just noticed the other day at camp when he was, he was playing in the championship game of his, uh, at, at camp, they do like a world cup thing. And they, at the beginning of the week, they've been they get given a team that they're on. My son was on Senegal, which is great for, for a Spurs fan because, uh, our friend Basuma, uh, you know, is uh Senegalese, right? Um, you're about to get fact checked. Am I going to get fact checked? Is he, he's hold, from Senegal, right? Hold your breath. Mike. Hold your breath. He's from Mali. Born in Ivory Coast, he represents Mali. Ah, well, fuck. All right. Yeah. Anywho, Senegal. I think you're thinking of Sar. Ah, Papi Matar Sar. Right. Um, <laughs> thanks, Steve. You dickhead. Hey, Anywho, I, hey. At least it's not the Twitter guys. So what I never noticed that my son could do before before this summer, um, and maybe he's been learning this stuff in camp, is like what like I see in Decky, and I and I always kind of go back and forth, see if my son is doing these things that these pros are doing. Um, but like, it's wild because what Decky does is he moves kind of slow and deliberately. And he's just, he's very, very good with the ball at his feet in tight spaces, passing in tight spaces. And I saw this in Lucas this weekend and he, he got into the box and he, he kept on doing this. It was like three or four times where he kept on doing this little, this little side, uh, side foot toe tap pass um, to an open man making a run through the box, and it just never connected because they're not teammates. You know, they they just they, they work together for a week at, at camp, but like Decky does these things and he moves so fluidly, so fluidly and so well uh, within these tight spaces inside the box that you never know if the guy's gonna fucking shoot or if he's gonna pass the ball which is what makes him so dangerous that. And the fact that he looks like he's moving very slowly when he does this, but he's got nimble t- uh, twinkle toes, right? <laughs> it's just, it's, it's insane what this guy does. And he's 22 years old. And am I going to get fact checked again? Is he 22 now? Yeah, he is. Okay. Thank you. Well, hold on. I let me actually he, look at it. He's from, I feel like he's, he might from, be he's from Sweden. He's 22. He's, he's not Swedish. Right, he's he's Macedonian from Sweden. He's a, I've got all that shit right. Well, the point is he's twenty two and he represents Sweden. Yeah, we'll we'll do a, a and we'll he's send a twenty three and knee test and see if we can get his whole background later. <laughs> anyway, I think, we have to do- I, I think we're approaching uh, time for a segment change. What do you think, boys? I, just my one last comment. I'm, I'm, I'm going to stop trying to give trying to give uh, Steve uh, opportunities to fact check me. <laughs> Always a good air. idea. But Sar Sar is from Senegal. Yes. Final comments, and God then we can wrap it. up the game. Um, Why am I even on this podcast? Because <laughs> you you compliment us, Mike. It, this this couldn't happen without because you. Because I asked to be. <laughs> <laughs> So the final comment I want to make, and, and, you know, I think that this is going to make life difficult for uh, Premier League defenders. You know, in the past, it was Sun or Kane around the box that you had to worry about. How many times did we see, shit, Sassignan's going to shoot, Davies is going to shoot, Dyer's going to shoot, Romero's going to shoot. Like, you've got pretty much every single Spurs player, as they're approaching the box, they're looking to line up a shot. 
You know, it's they're not looking. Where's where's Son? Where's Kane? They it looks like they've got this confidence. The defenders in particular to just say nobody's closing me down. Fuck it, I'm going for it. And that's going to make things so fucking miserable for defenders. You know, you've got Kane behind you, but do I step up and try to block Davies or do I worry about Kane? You know, and and with the the accuracy that some of these guys have got it's 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 going to be a real tough decision you know you're going to need to be an absolutely world-class defender to make those split second judgments consistently for 90 minutes and keep spurs you know out of it and and i just don't know that there are very many defenders in the league capable of doing that for 90 minutes straight it is fantastic i can't wait to see it keep playing out it's going to be good oh yeah Hey Mike, uh, I'm curious about something. Steve and I were were wondering. We had a question we want to run. Had a question we want to run past you. Um, sure. St- Steve, I don't really feel like asking it. Do you? Do you have it in you tonight? Uh, are you talking about our um, question related to freedom, per chance? Freedom, freedom, liberty, in the American way. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> then yes, I do have a question, and it's a different take on the question. Right? It is. Ready for it this? Is. True, true. Hey, Mike, what are we drinking today? Oh, what are we drinking? Well, uh, as discussed in the last pod. Oh, shit. Uh, as discussed in the last pod, um, we talked about um, doing a little uh, Wicked Sprizzy Macro Brew uh, challenge, uh, a little series. Uh, and uh, we're still going to link this shit, right, Dave? Oh yeah, we're linking to the to the big boys now. All that's right. what we're now, doing. Now yeah. we're going big that's boys. Right. All right. Uh, I, I've mentioned a couple of times. I've only I'm only doing this segment for uh, for sponsorship, uh, which none of them have uh, <laughs> none of them bring, have responded to us yet. If we bring for, uh, home this sponsorship, weird window on. and good water. Yeah, you bring we can bring home this one. I think we can. Um. So uh, we I just started, I decided that this week we would start the uh, wicked spursy macro brew series uh the hey mike what you drinking macro brew series with uh the king of all Bad beers panting. uh budweiser not bud light but bud heavy oh yeah so uh instead of buying a whole six pack of of bud heavy which you know you can't get single beers anymore you can't get single bottles you can't get single cans we had to buy the uh what the fuck is this? What is this? It's thing? it's like a it's like a cannon, is what it is. It's 22 ounces it. of beer. It's gotta be more than 22. Does it say 22 on it? I have no it has no it doesn't fucking say. Because look, this is a 16 I'm holding next to it. It, it dwarfs it. <laughs> it doesn't this is, fucking this has gotta say. be it's gotta be 28, 30 ounces of <laughs> American of, made of uh, American freedom so on the front instead right. of Budweiser, the king of beers. It says, Dave, you might want to take a picture of this. Freedom, yeah, let it ring. It says, good, good Freedom, call. it's coming. Hold on, to the camera. <laughs> there we go. We got it. It says, Freedom, let it ring. The red, white, and blue Budweiser, uh, the, the, the German purveyors of beer in America. Requisite um, with it. There's an eagle on there. Don't leave the eagle out, right? There's a fucking eagle. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, you're right. I haven't had a butt heavy in about 20 years. So um, the I'm eagle is the flag. 
we're going to have Bud Heavy as the first, the first of the the. Hey, Mike, what you drinking? And the boys have to do it with me, which is great. They all have the same size beers. Oh, it's fine. So Dave's pouring into a nice Pilsner. Is it a Pilsner? Yeah, a Pilsner. I, I, I have the wrong glassware, but we're going with what No, we it's got. the right glassware. It's a Pilsner. This is a lager, though, isn't it? It's a, it's a German. It... Sure. Don't, don't make me fact check you again, Mike. Fucking asshole. I'm not going to say. <laughs> it says right here. You can see it. It says Budweiser lager beer. Yeah, it does say lager beer, but I'm going to tell you that like it's an American Pilsner. Oh boy, here we go. On to Google. <laughs> but Pilsners are lagered, just so you know. Pilsners are lagered. Uh, continue. I, I, anywho, I'm, anywho, I'm going to pour this <laughs> just just to make it even more confusing for everyone out there. The official Pilsner description lager. is an American style pale lager. Oh, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> anyway. Steve, uh, we anyway. have exposed, we're supposed to crack in Mike's armor. Hey, we we got him on what's, what's great is that you, you've gotten me you've gotten me swearing through this. <laughs> I, I've been pretty good so far. And now I'm I've said fuck about 40 times. So I'm drinking wife, out of an my appropriate, wife's gonna kill me. Appropriate says, Pilsner Why do you glass. have to swear so much? Appropriate Pilsner glass for me. Mike's going with the classic red solo cup. I just need to point I that had out. to do it. So I'm at the camp at my buddy Trey's camp. He's a he's one of my best friends in the world. Uh, he's built this beautiful house. Um, he appropriately because he uh, also rents it out um, uh, during the summer to uh, any visiting people. And uh, I will suggest this place. Um, it, it's three three different configurations, uh, but he has the appropriate red solo cup for anybody who wants to have uh, you know fun on the lake playing uh, beer pong or whatever you'd like to do. But uh, I'm going to drink this out of a red solo cup because Budweiser is appropriately drank out of a red solo cup. It smells like college. <sighs> Does it smell like college? Steve Actually, is, it smells Steve like is loathing this because Steven didn't have a, a, a experiences in college like this. He didn't have to it. go into a basement of a frat house and to be That's... ankle high, ankle high and, and, and wasted beer and, and, and vomit. Yeah, let me restate that. It smells like college the next day is what it smells like, to be to be frank. Just that that stale beer smell. Oh crap. Oh, who's gonna who's gonna clean this up? That that's what it smells like. You know what this smells like? It smells like uh not just just fat Mike, just like extra fat Mike. Cause I used to drink this when I was in uh when I was younger. So All here right. we go out of the red solo cup. Cheers, Cheers. boys. I love right you guys. Out of the can here. Uh, I hope we come out of the other end of this. Well, that's certainly one of the beers I've had in my life. Let's talk about the depth of character of flavor. Huh, Mike, you want to you start with that? Yeah, let's do that. Uh, it's starting to rain. And I'm in a gazebo. <laughs> um, so uh, let's talk about depth of character. Um, this beer well, is, this beer is, it's, you say but heavy it's heavy um it is classic classic budweiser taste um i don't know if you guys know this but i'm gonna have to go inside in a second um but um the beer itself is good it's it's, it's actually good beer um it's well made it, it's crisp it's clean i don't know how cold yours are mine is definitely cool. very cold uh 
I poured it well. It looks like a keg cup from a party in, in high school or college, if you will. Um, it's got depth. It's got, um, it's got flavor. Like, you know, you don't get a lot of American beers that have flavor to them. Budweiser's Budweiser's well-made. Any of these macro brews that we talk about are going to be well-made, right? I mean, they uh, kind of have to be, right? Otherwise, how are they going to fucking perform? There's only there's so a, much. Well, there's a reason that Budweiser has lasted as long as it has. It, exactly, right? Um, it's not just the horses. No, it's not just the horses. It's not just the clever Super Bowl, <laughs> Super Bowl commercials. Budweiser is well-made. Um, it doesn't matter if it's made in, in, in Tampa, Florida. It doesn't matter if it's made in Houston, Texas, or even uh, Merrimack, New Hampshire, or wherever that is in New Hampshire, um, or St. Louis even. It's always going to be the same. And that's what's great about macro brews, and that's why I wanted to do this series. Um, and I'm glad you guys suggested it. Um, it is it's Merrimack. Beer. It's a good fucking beer. It really it is Merrimack, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I went to go fact check you and turns out you're right this time. Yeah, you fucking dickhead. Um <laughs> I I actually uh, I actually like this beer. It it, it, it kind of evokes this like when I was a kid like my dad opening a beer um or my dad like teaching me how to open the beer, my dad flicking that bottle cap. Remember that oh, flick yeah. that bottle cap with the snap? You know, um my dad would open that beer and you would, you get that, you know, you sit in your dad's lap, you get that smell of the beer. And this is what beer smells like to me. I like Budweiser. Um, I drank it um, as a, I will admit, I drank it as a teen. Uh, <laughs> I drank, I, I stopped drinking it in my twenties. Um, but I like Budweiser. It's a good beer. It's well-made. I'm going to um, go ahead and, uh, Actually, Mike, hold on. Before you rank it or rate it, I'd like to hear Steve's take on uh, on yeah, the Budweiser. Do what do you think? Is that cool? Fine, yeah. I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is this tastes like uh, like a boat race. You ever play that? It's a great drinking game. No, never. I can't tell if you're being serious. No, for or real, I'm, I'm being absolutely serious. I've never played to it. Me, to me, it tastes like Flip Cup. Flip Cup, too. That but I, beer so, pong it, it tastes like i'm totally getting rained on yeah you just get you know uh, i am i'm live right now of people <laughs> yes mike you are live all of our listeners can hear you <laughs> my buddy my buddy trade just said no podcast is live you dummy <laughs> well he's got a point <laughs> anyway yes no this just it reminds me of my days in college you know getting a bunch of guys lined up everybody's just chugging this fucking thing just to Finish it as fast as possible. Um, great way to get really drunk really fast. It's true. Uh, but yeah, true. I mean, I, I I think Mike's right. You know, there's a reason that they've stuck around for as many hundreds of years as they have at this point. I mean, the good products, it's, you know, some beer snobs, they might, uh, you know, turn their nose up for drinking a, a, a macro brew, but. You know, it, for me, it hits the spot. You know, it doesn't have to be a, a $20 four pack of beer to, to do what it needs to do. This is, I, this was like what, $2 and change? I mean, yeah, yeah, it was pretty cheap. I do want to say, Steve, I think for in 75 my, ounces of beer, 
right? Mike would probably agree. The colder, the better. I, I think as, yes. as as it warms up, you know, you get into different different things. But this beer evokes um, three specific memories for me. So one is, you know, like growing up and 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 drinking. You know, perhaps younger than probably should have. Um, you, you, we would trend toward the lighter beers, right? And and Bud, like real Budweiser was always like, ooh, don't go, don't go to real Budweiser. Stick with Bud Lighter, yeah. stick with Miller Lighter, right? <laughs> don't, don't go, don't go with the big stuff. So I have uh I have those memories. I have memories of uh when I was in college. Um my buddies and I would do this thing. Maybe you guys know this game. We called it the Century Club, where uh you you get a case of beer and you would do a shot of beer every minute for a hundred minutes. And and needless to say, you'd make a make your way through a case pretty well. And a uh, hundred minutes later, you'd be you'd be having a pretty good time. And we'd often use Budweiser because we felt like we got more bang for our buck on that. So another thing it makes me think of this make this shows my age. But about twenty five years ago, um, a buddy of mine and I grew up together. We when we were graduating from college, we backpacked throughout Europe. Our first stop was in London. So after that long, long day of travel, flying from Chicago to to London direct, um, the first thing we wanted to do was find a pub. We found a pub started chatting some people up and we're blown away when these English people were ordering Budweiser's. We're like, what the hell are you doing ordering Budweiser's? But they're like, it's our favorite beer. That's what we want to drink. And these were, you know, 20 something year olds as well. They may not have been very sophisticated, but I was shocked by that. And then finally, um, I'm going to give props to uh, props to my father-in-law. So my father-in-law just passed away about four months ago. His name was Phil. Uh, phenomenal great man who um always had a favorite beer when he lived in the chicago area it was old style for those of you who know that when when he moved to vermont um he shifted for a while to the canadian beers you know good old labats and and molson that type of thing but i'm gonna move inside boys all right of late uh last several years budweiser was uh was the the beer of choice for for phil so i, I gotta say the old uh classic budweiser just makes me think of the the guy i affectionately referred to as the big guy so uh glad you chose this one today mike and once you're done moving and relocating we'll let you do your we'll let you do your rating steve he can't hear us what's your prediction on on rating go ahead just whisper it to me i mean i i gotta say this is probably like a, a bang average like if he gives it a three five i think that's probably fair yeah, his 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 scale's been a little little wonky, right? Like he, I think it's, he's his grades are inflated. I want to say we talked yeah. about this last time. Well, it's funny. I was saying average, right, and went with three five, but really the average should have been a two five, right? Totally agreed. But Mike doesn't buy that. He's he's all about giving out the lofty scores. So yeah, I think we're gonna land about where you just said, but we'll see what he has to has to do once he gets once he gets his himself. Oh, he's running now. Yeah, I'm I'm giving myself like you know 0.3 standard deviation either way. So. <laughs> 0.3, that's, that's that's a little sizable, man. That that covers a lot of ground. That's fair. Well, I, I'll, okay. You know what? I'll, I'll narrow it down between three two and three five. I think is where he lands. All right, all right. I'm gonna. He, there's a nostalgia piece kicking in. I'm gonna guess he goes three six or seven. That's kind of where I think uh, I think things end up. You know, we're trying to kill time here for this guy, but he is, he's, uh, I will say since we're trying to kill time, I have been to their tasting room in Merrimack, New Hampshire. Have you? Yeah. It's actually a pretty solid place, you know, very clean, huge brewing facility, of course. Uh, and you know, at the end you get to try a whole bunch of different, uh, you know, Budweiser related crap. Um, and you know, we went with, uh, with my buddy, Tim, who lives out in, uh, in New Hampshire, uh, his wife and my wife. And it was like the first time my wife's ever really tried anything from Budweiser. And 
you know, I, I think she was kind of surprised that there were some things that she liked, right? She always just assumed it was that, like, you know, kind of redneck only type beer that was almost gatekeeped in a way. <laughs> Gosh, I've been to the uh, the the brewery and tasting room, the Anheuser-Busch one in, in St. Louis, where, like, Anheuser-Busch is, uh, is prominent in, in those parts. But like you said, good stuff, enjoyable. Um, it always tastes better the closer you are to the source. So uh, that's something good. Mike, you back with us, buddy? No, nah, he's still walking. You can oh, see him talking, but he's muted. He's, he's talking, yeah. He's talking to somebody. It's not us, though. He doesn't want to talk to us. So, uh, yeah, something about my uh, laptop is not working. But so... Um, is that it's the not rain, perhaps? Me, it's not allowing me to log in. <laughs> We got Mike frozen. Oh, he's back. <laughs> Mike's back. This is what happens when you're on the lake. Everything dude, was great. Dude, you're trying to make me edit this, aren't you? I, I'm not doing it. This, this is all this is all going in the pod. I wouldn't have it any other way. Absolutely. Can you can you hear me right now? We can. Yeah. All right, great. Uh, yeah. let's drink a beer in, in this room. We well, would- I'm gonna drink a beer in this room. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna do the room I'm in too. We would like your rating though. What what's your rating on this bad boy? All right, now that uh, I I don't have my uh, audio issues settled um, in my video, um, so I was gonna I, I was gonna I was gonna do this on the the mic scale, of like you know how good this is as a beer itself or craft beer or whatever. Um, let's do it as a beer in general. Pretend it was a craft beer. Oh, the, the gears are turning, people. 3.1. Oh, wow. Wow, okay. It's a good beer, man. We it's thought so you were hard. going We thought you were going higher than that, to be honest with you. Although Steve almost got you on the 0.3 standard deviations, right? <laughs> almost, <laughs> but still, not good enough. That's because Steve's a dickhead. Yeah, I've heard that once or twice today. It probably won't be the last time either. Hey, Mike, I don't, did, did I don't you think know? it's a bad beer. I don't think it's a bad beer. I think it's a really good beer. Uh, it's well-made. And no matter where you get it from in the country, it's the same. It's, it's going to be the same. You know? He's laughing at me trying to set, reset up my, my shit. No, you know, Mike, I'm just laughing it. I feel like I'm talking to one of my parents on on zoom where I can only see the top half of their face, but I can Bro. see, I can see their ceiling, <laughs> like ceiling and top half of face. That's what I'm getting right now. Hey, looky there. Hi, Mike. Hi, how are you? <laughs> That's, I'm on top of like a dresser now. Like I've lost everything <laughs> now, just because it's raining. Now we can see half, half your screen. <laughs> I try to get the laptop to work. <laughs> when you put a laptop in front of the camera, can't see through it did you know that oh christ but, what but it's crazy. windows um <laughs> this turned into like the, the best podcast of my life it was like it started out as best podcast of my life and turned into uh a comedy of errors you know <laughs> <laughs> starting with hey guys it's raining here <laughs> i'm gonna go inside now okay Dude, buddy I, I honestly thought it wasn't supposed to rain this hard 20 percent, 20 percent told me it wasn't supposed to rain this hard. Thanks a lot, Weather Channel. 
So Dave, keep this in mind when it comes to uh, Wicked Spursy barbecue time. If Mike tells you it's not supposed to rain, bring a poncho or something. I guess so. Look, listen, I've got I've got a couple of uh, ten by tens. Uh, I got a bunch of lawn games. I've got a lot of uh, a lot of pork on order. Just let's just put it that way. Got sixteen pounds of pork on order. My wife and kid are going to be in Massachusetts. I'm I'm going to have some fucking fun. Steve's going to sleep over. <laughs> nice. We passed out in, inside nice. Lucas's soccer net. Just <laughs> dead, dead. Who's that guy on the couch snoring? <laughs> oh, that's just Steve. Don't worry. I, I kicked some soccer balls at him to make sure he wasn't dead. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, so, yeah. Uh, um, can I do a song? Yes, sure, please. Sure. We need the song. Let's hear it. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go back. I'm gonna. I'm gonna do a little uh, recall to what Steve hates uh, as a song, um, and uh, I'm gonna say because like I haven't drank this song. This this song. This... I haven't drank this beer. In, this is what this beer is on me. Uh, I haven't drank this beer in so long. Um, I it used to be my go-to. We'd go to the bar after work, and it would be my go-to. But here's the deal: this beer is still fucking good, man. It's just good. You just can't drink a lot of them because they have like fucking 400 calories each. Um, and don't fact check that, Steve. But there's, <laughs> there's a lot of fucking calories in these beers. My point is, um, I'm gonna go ahead and uh, I'm gonna say, "Don't stop believing" by Journey. I knew you were going there. Fucking a. That's too journey. You know references. what? This beer used to be good, and it's still good. That's two. Uh, that's two journey references for uh, for beer songs, right? What was the other one? Record. I did look it up. Per uh, Google, there are twelve calories per fluid ounce of Budweiser. Shit! Like this, this hundred and forty-five uh, ounces is gonna fuck us up. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Might as 12 well, ounces, might as well 145. You might as well eat a pint of Ben and Jerry's ice cream. Hey, yeah, Mike. Maybe I will. Maybe that's a new rule for the domestic uh, challenge. Maybe we, you have to get a 40 ounce of every uh, of every one that we, we oh, drink. Oh, God. Right? Yeah, and we'll start, you know, we'll start off the whole podcast doing Edward 40 cans. <laughs> Fair. Very nice and classy. All right, uh, listeners, this has been Hey Mike, what you drinking? It's been it's been an interesting one, and uh, looking forward to continuing the fun next week. Mike, you don't have to tell us what, but you got anything in mind? You, you got a plan for what's up next? Um, something that's also uh, considered very American. Are we going with a different brewer at least? Yes. All right. It will not I, I know. A, I know you have a favorite that's made by the brewer we just did, but I, you know, I want to. No, it will not be Anheuser Busch. All right. I have an idea though. It, an, another American favorite that that survived uh, prohibition. All right. Very good. That has been. Hey, Mike. What are you and we drinking? So uh, well done. As always. I don't think that was grammatically correct, Dave. No. What are? Yeah. You and I. You and we. You and we. We and us. What are we drinking? What are we drinking? Uh, trying to just make the segue make make sense and i blew the whole thing so steve let's go on to you uh what else would you like to talk about anything on your mind anything uh, got you worked up and and yes dave as a matter of fact i do but this is a positive one all right we're going into my corner for a second here so bear with me but this one unlike previous iterations there's there's a positive message to be had so steve's corner of positivity is what i'm hearing Oh, yeah. 
And it all starts with James Ward Prowse. So we started the season going down a goal, right? And you might think, yeah, you know, that was a beautiful shot. Uh, probably deserves, you know, he, he did all the right things. Spurs maybe weren't quite up for it yet. They started a little slow. I'm here to tell you that that was strategically designed by Antonio Conte to lull South Southampton into a false sense of security so that they could can, they could switch to a completely different set of tactics and take the game to them. Conte made sure that we conceded the first goal on purpose, on purpose, so that he could then turn around, thrash the team, and show the rest of the league what they're going to have to contend with when it comes to Spurs. He is trying to stamp out Spursy as a negative verb, and the only way he can do this is to give some sort of an advantage to the team that we're playing so that when we inevitably roll them, it is just that much more satisfying. Nobody's talking about James Ward-Prowse's strike. They're talking about how Spurs won four to one comfortably, right? But that wouldn't have been the case if it was just, you know, maybe a, a, a draw or, or a two to one victory. It was deliberate. We let that happen. We started slowly, intentionally, just so Conte could have his gotcha moment. It's a short conspiracy this week, but I'm telling you, that Italian mastermind is already playing mind games with everybody else in the league, and that is what's going to make Spurs dangerous. Not the players, not the subs, not the tactics, but Conte's <clears throat> mind games and giving teams some kind of invisible advantage that he can exploit and just completely demoralize our opposition. It happened to Southampton. We're going to see it again on Sunday versus Chelsea. Something's going to happen. Chelsea are going to feel comfortable. And then Conte is going to execute fucking order 66 on them. And all of a sudden we're going to take that game we're going to crush their hopes and dreams. Fucking Kai Havertz is going to go crying down the tunnel by the end of the game. Thiago Silva is going to be, uh, it's going to be the worst day of his life since Germany thrashed him in Brazil in 2014. It, you mark my words. Conte is setting things up to embarrass our opposition. It started with James Ward-Prowse. It's not going to end with James Ward-Prowse. Steve, I... I'm curious what Mike thinks about what you just said. But first, did did you catch? I think you did because maybe you mentioned something about it earlier. You guys see that Timo Werner is heading back to Leipzig. Did you guys see that? Oh yeah, he doesn't want to play Conte. I don't blame him. <laughs> he, he doesn't. He doesn't want to be subjected to Order sixty six. Is what I like, fuck this. I'm, I'm out of here. <laughs> Mike, respond to uh, to Steve's Steve's thoughts. What do you think? Steve, Steve, uh, <laughs> I always love, I, I love your conspiracies. They're always fun. And most recently we have been able to like draw some actual like comparisons to fact, Conspar comparisons of your theory to fact. Mm -hmm. I think what you just said was exactly what I said when I went off earlier. 
I think my 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 thoughts were that that Conte specifically did what he did for a reason. Oh yeah, and that reason was Plus, mind games, Mike. It's all fucking mind games, right? He, like I said, the guy's a genius. He's a genius, and whether or not he is fucking with people or not. Letting letting someone like Setanyan get a goal, or letting someone like Dyer, who has scored a goal in three years, have a goal, he's fucking with those people, and he's fucking with Tuchel right now. <laughs> you know what? Tuchel's not the savior of Chelsea football. Jose Mourinho might be the fucking savior of Chelsea football. Chelsea football. Who fucking knows? They might fucking hire that guy back again. You know um, what? I, I, I just got to tell you, I, I got to say, I do have to say, Steve, that like, I just think that I, I just think that right now, um, Chelsea doesn't know where they are. Um, Spurs think they know where they are. And that Manchester City knows exactly who to laugh at when they play soccer. That's the way I think that the Premier League is. Um, and, and Liverpool thinks thinks they're bigger than they are, but they're not. You know, I mean, it, it's it's like uh, it's like Man U too. Is Man U is another one of those teams? Like, I think Liverpool might might start falling out of favor, despite the uh, despite the signings they've made. I think that um, you might make a lot of big name signings, and you might make a lot of big money signings. It doesn't mean that they're going to be able to play together or like each other. And I've, I've what I've learned out of being a Boston Red Sox fan is that teams that like each other and have fun with that, um, when you have teams that don't, that don't, that no player hates another player in the clubhouse, because you always have a team that that's like that. Even when you're in high school, you know, you, there's always one kid that you hate, right? Whether you're, he's your teammate or not, I had a couple of those kids. I'm not going to name them here because they might be listening, just to make fun of me. Um, <laughs> but there's there's a couple of, of those kids that you hate, right? If you got a group of guys who like each other, like constantly, like it's 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 and it's annoying, like Spurs do, like all those guys, like and I I give credit to Galini because everybody loved Galini. I don't think everybody loves Forrester. I think he's a big douchebag, but who knows? He looks like he's a douchebag to me. Why? Why? What, what, what about him looks like a douchebag? Because uh, he's old. <laughs> Dave, you must take offense to that, huh? I think so. I'm older yeah, than he is, it's, that's for no, sure. It's not that he's old. So, so when you got, you got, I just don't think that, like, it's like the, the, the Yankees of the 2000s who thought that, like, because they spent a shitload of money on guys like A-Rod and and and, uh, and 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 guys like uh, you know, well, Paul O'Neill was before that, but um, guys like Gary Sheffield and guys like A-Rod, just because they got those guys, they thought they were going to win. You know, Hideki Matsui, another one. Um, that just because they bought these guys, they thought they were going to win. Just because you buy big name talent doesn't mean you're going to win. You have to have some sort of cohesion. And I think that's what Conte does for this club is, is give them some sort of cohesion. 
and give them and, and, and give them the ability to, to work together outside of the training pitch and like each other outside of the training pitch. And I think that's why Spurs will succeed. Counterpoint. I think Counterpoint. Spurs will not succeed because no, no, I think that they'll be successful, but for a different content related reason. I don't have the proof just yet, so I'm I'm not gonna go completely in on this. But while you were talking, I've hypothesized based on um, some very legitimate data that I definitely have in my possession um, that if you ask me for, it might get deleted. But um, anyway, where I'm going with this is that Conte is inspiring his team with halftime pep talks as Macho Man Randy Savage. That is how Antonio Conte is getting this team to perform well. They're all looking forward to his Randy Savage impression. He comes into the the dressing room at halftime to get them all talked up, wearing a colorful jacket. He's got his shades on. He's got a fucking hat, you know, crazy hat going on. And he is just animated in there. That is how he's leading the team to victory. You know, Steve, despite your craziness, I I feel like you touch on some things and Mike, you have too. some, some things that make sense. Um, and if you think about the context of playing sports, if you've ever done any coaching, like coaching sports, like here's, here's the, the way I see things, you know, being a successful team is not just about strategy to defeat your opponent, you know? And, and when we look at it that way, that every weekend is just a new, a new chess match and you got to win that chess match. Um, you're losing sight of the bigger picture and the bigger picture is like four dimensional chess is what is actually going on. A coach, a manager has to motivate their players to the same extent that they have to figure out how to strategically beat, beat the opposition. And, you know, it, it's funny that you, you mentioned earlier, Steve, the, the comments Conte made after the match about trusting his guys. And these are the guys who got us here. There were huge messages baked into that, right? There's huge messages about, um, we brought all these guys in. Maybe you felt threatened by it, but I believe in you. They're going to have to prove their place. And if they do prove their place, you're going to understand why, you know, something happened, this and that. That is all about motivating the team, motivating the individuals and keeping them focused as a cohesive unit. And so like, to me, do I believe that Conte planned to let James Ward-Prowse uh, get away with that beautiful strike? Actually, it was gorgeous the way, the way he hit that. Um, no, but do I think that Conte in his mind when that happened was like, that's okay, because it's going to be better for us to come back from that and, and dominate that this match than it would have been to dominate from, from the first whistle and have, you know, nothing to resist against. So to me, there's a, there's a definite, this is game one of 38 plus a whole bunch that are going to be played this year, right? There, there's a definite, um, long game to the strategy. And I do think that, uh, Conte is playing a pretty high level of chess that, that other people maybe don't see. And you're just, you're touching on it. That's my take on your take. Any reactions to my take on your take? Could you uh, repeat all that again, but do it in your best macho man, Randy Savage. Cause Ooh, that's, yeah. that's kind of what Conte is going for. I'm telling you. <laughs> I would lose my breath if I did that. So I don't know if I can, I don't know if I can make that happen. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. I'll, I'll give that to you. So uh, let's, uh, let's move on to some closing thoughts, Steve. Um, what do you, what are you thinking about as we wrap things up here this evening? What's on your mind? Chelsea, man. I, so I watched the Chelsea game as well. Um, 
unless something changes over the next week, I think this is the time that we would want to play this team, right? I, you know, you guys, you, you said it already. They're, they're vulnerable. They're not quite sure of themselves right now. Um, they seem to be a team in transition uh, and they haven't quite sorted themselves out. Whereas you look at the Spurs team that went out there, very organized, methodical, everybody knew their, their role, what they were going for. You know, it took a rather soft penalty for them to walk away with three points against Everton, who aren't exactly a good team by any stretch of the imagination. I think, you know, and there, there's that London rivalry. So I'm sure, you know, if there were any game for Chelsea to show up for, it would be a Spurs fixture. Uh, but that said, you know, I just don't know what changes in a week that gives them the edge over, over Spurs at this point. I'm, I'm fully expecting to eat my words first off next week when we lose, but uh, I don't think we will. I, I, I think that this should be probably our first real challenge, you know, no, no offense to Southampton. You know, I, I like Southampton as a team. I, I think they've got great players and, and you know, what in the fuck was that? Uh, anyway, Southampton, you know, they're a good team, but Chelsea is our competition, right? We want that, that top four spot potentially maybe challenging for, you know, two, maybe the, the, the league title. Chelsea's one of the teams we got to look out for. They're going to be our first real challenge. And, and, you know, based on what I saw this past weekend, advantage Spurs, you know, I, I, I think that this should be an incredible game. Um, and it's, to me, it's ours to lose um, 100%. So looking forward to, uh, to getting out to Goodwater with the, the Green Mountain Spurs up here and, and checking out that first game together. Uh, it's going to be, for this season at least, it's going to be a good one. Very good. Mike, how about you? What are you thinking about for closing thoughts? Oh, yeah, brother. Uh, That's I, think that, uh, I think that Chelsea's, uh, I, I'm back online with my computer and my audio, just so you know. Uh, I think that Ch- I, Steve, Steve just uh, said, what the fuck was that? <laughs> that was me uh technical difficulties uh in this early early season of wicked spursy um i i gotta say i, I think that chelsea uh, chelsea's uh a wolf in sheep's clothing um chelsea's a good club um they have they have good players they're well coached um i i don't want to say yet that spurs are going to win uh outright um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just very hesitant of that. Just given what um, somebody like Woolwich did last, last season is that lost terribly their first three games. I think that, um, that Chelsea could be in the same type of boat where they're, in, they're not quite, you know, uh, you know, a cohesive unit, Um you always have to be afraid with uh, any kind of club that, that plays the way that, that Tuchel does, uh, which is they play through the midfield um, and, and, and press hard off uh, on the, on, uh, on the offensive side. Um, I, I, I just worry that, that Spurs can be vulnerable the way that they, 
typically play, they can be vulnerable to a counterattack. Um, just like the way that I, I think that um, that Man City is very, very vulnerable to a counterattack. I think that team, any teams that press forward, uh, that press forward hard are very vulnerable. But I think that that Chelsea, um, Chelsea prevents a, uh, presents a different kind of uh, challenge um, given that they're typically very, very well coached. They're very well drilled and they play very, very good defense. I understand that Rudiger is not there anymore. You know, uh, Aspilicueta is, is old as fuck and probably won't feature in the fucking game. Uh, that guy used to be super, super dangerous um, just because of his pace and his, and his footwork and his ability to uh, carry the ball. But, um, you know, Chelsea's a dangerous team. Um, I think that Spurs win this game. Uh, but I don't think it's an easy game to watch for Spurs fans. Not after this week. You know, we we suffered for about we suffered for about 20, 25 minutes where we're like, oh shit. Did we butt off more than we could chew? Did we get a little fucking cocky? I think that that um Spurs have a right to be cocky. Spurs fans have a right to be cocky, given given the run of form and given the ability of these players to to do what they do. And I don't think that we saw anything, anything even close to what we're going to see this season in the preseason from them. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like the, the, the stuff we saw in the preseason was a lot of what we saw last season. I think Conte is a fuck. Like I get, again, Conte is a fucking genius. And I think he's going to pull a lot of rabbits out of a lot of hats that dudes aren't, aren't expecting to see. I think he got a little bit drilled into the, the guys who are here what he wants to do, but I think there's a lot more that goes into that. And I think that like in the future, I think that he's going to be here for a long time. If we continue to succeed and we continue to support him and what he needs. I think those are the two key things, right? Success and him feeling backed. And uh, then we may have him for a while, which would be a very good thing. Gentlemen. Well done tonight. We wrap things up, uh, even with technical difficulties and uh, techno mic striking as he often, often does. But this has been it. Uh, I appreciate two of you. Thanks for thanks for the time to our listeners. We are grateful that you uh, partake with us each and every each and every week. Uh, by the way, I want to tell you guys uh, got some contact from our boy Adam, who's been on the pod multiple times with us, and he has sent uh, our direction some sort of care package for the uh, Wicked Spursy Barbecue that is going to be delivered to my house, I think, tomorrow. So excited to see what is in that. I won't open it until uh, we are all together in a couple of weeks, but just wanted to get that on the radar. So shout that out guy, to Adam. That guy's a sweetheart. Shout out to Adam. Good, good dude. And what a great uh, dude. We appreciate him. So, yeah. Hey, that's it. Uh, final, final word as we go, Steve. Well, now I'm wondering what Brian from Rhode Island is bringing us for uh, the Wicked Spursy <laughs> barbecue. Brian, if you're listening to this, you got to one up Adam now. I mean, fuck, like if you want to keep being our guest, you're going to have to start paying up, I guess. I, I think that, I think that what's going to happen is you gonna have to bring a fucking case of Narragansett. <laughs> that could, I, hey i drink that i got no problem with that that could but, be our, uh, next, our next challenge for sure final final thoughts 
everybody out there, don't be an asshole. Mm-hmm. And Mike? Quiz, 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 quiz. And? You know, be safe, everyone. It's COVID's still out there. Just be safe. And monkeypox. Can't forget about that one either. Well, thanks, Steve. You just yeah, had a great dark place. Yeah, man. <laughs> just a bummer note. Oh, way to end. Hey, everybody, we love you, even though these guys are, are killing me. All right. Thank you. Goodbye. Love you guys.